Hello again. We're back, you know. It's the Bricks and Water podcast. Floating your boat, lighting that candle, buying, selling, renting or investing in property. Listen in and I'm sure you'll learn something in the next half an hour or so. This week's podcast, we're back on the interview trail and we've got my mechanic to have a chat with us. My mechanic, Finley McLean, what a magician. I've got a 16-year-old Volvo and I tell you what, it is showing all of its 16 years. And every time I have a problem with it, Finley waves his magic wand and sorts out the car. But Finley doesn't only fix cars, he's also got an astute eye for buying property. And he knows the value of buying property for investment. And that's what we'll touch on in our interview. At the back end, just before we put that on, at the back end, uh, on the other side, what I'm going to do is give you a little bit of an insight into what the educational talk has been over the last three weeks. We're talking about risk. In essence, what I've done is I've taken uh, a talk that was given by Brendan Bouchard about risk, and it's all about how to take risk. Three areas within your life that you can look at in order for you to take risk. Because ultimately, if you don't take a risk in your career, then you're gonna stagnate. In order for you to become more successful, you're going to have to take a risk. So without any further ado, let's start the interview with my mechanic, Finley McLean. I'll just get cracking. Um, it just... What we'll end up doing is we'll just I'm thinking just having a chat about how you started the business. Uh, then we'll go on and have a chat about the bit about the taxis, and then we'll talk a little bit more about the the flats and mm-hmm. and uh, your thoughts there uh, moving forward. So, and then we'll get some questions at, at the end. So, mm-hmm. nice and just lighthearted and. It's probably half an hour. Mm-hmm. That's an hour. That sounds about right. Okay. That ties in time-wise. Good. Good. Well, we'll just do uh, just do a quick intro. Hi, Jonathan Williams here at the Bricks and Mortar podcast. This morning, you'll find me on Freer Friday, and uh, we're at the Alona Hotel. I'm doing my usual BNI. Uh, did the Ed slot. Did my sixty seconds, and I thought, you know what? I'll catch one of the guys and we'll see if we can do a bit of an interview. So really, this interview is all about getting one of the guys to tell us a bit about their journey. And the reason why I've got Finlay McLean here, who's the mechanic in the chapter, is that he's dipped his toe, him and his wife has dipped his dipped their toe in the rental game. So uh, we'll have a chat about that. Finlay, mm-hmm. great to have you, Thank you. on the show. <laughs> We've known one another probably for a couple of years now. Yes, indeed. I think. Uh-huh. Um, and I don't know how many times you've helped me out with my 15-year-old <laughs> Volvo. <laughs> um, we could probably do a whole show on what's wrong it with that. Me that about c- a Colombo. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, it's probably as old as the 1970s that car of mine. But it's still it's gone round the clock once. So 
it will probably start to think about giving up the ghost not too oh, not too long. Keep the money in the bank. Absolutely. The in the bank. <laughs> so mechanic, um, and you've dipped your toe. You, you run some taxis, and you dip you dipped your toe in connection with the buy to let game. So we will touch on that. Um, but let's just have a quick chat about how you got into the mechanic side of things and, and the garage. Well, how did it all start? Well, it started way back in the eighties, the, the and at that time, uh, employment, particularly for young people, was a was a rare thing. I basically done a, a college course, which should have uh, led on to an apprenticeship. I ran and ran along with that, but there was no yeah. jobs at the time. So still staying at home, my mum and dad, we took over uh, my dad's small lock-up down in uh, the main road, yep. just, just below the houses, and uh, set ourselves up with a, a small tool kit, okay. and taking on various jobs, uh, fixing the, the... And what did your old man do? Was your old man in the garage game? No, the no, mechanic game? my father <coughs> actually was... Uh, Worked for the, the water board. All right. He was an entirely different trade. He was a plumber to trade. So this is something that you you had an interest in, you know, fixing cars and, and, and the like? Yes, yes, okay. yes. I got right. a wee chance of going to college and doing that, that initial bit. Uh-huh. Uh, and it, it was just that, that was the initial spark. I mean, there was no continuation with an employer after that. Yep. I just basically started to work for myself from that point. So in I'm essence, you've never, self-taught. You, you've never been employed. You've always been an entrepreneur, somebody who's owned his own business. Basically, yes, apart from a short period of employment when I just initially left school in one of the youth opportunity schemes uh, for a microfilm company, it was a technician right. at the time, but that, that course ran out and then ultimately we came to the okay. mechanics course. So you were doing a sort of, uh, doing it in, the, in not the back room as such, but a, a lock-up garage to start with mm-hmm. and then you've moved... Premises-wise, premises. we moved from the, the small, uh, just one car garage, uh, to a slightly bigger space, uh, a commercial lock-up. You know, I, I think it, I think it was about twenty feet by about twelve feet. Yep. Uh, and I lasted in there, incidentally, for about six years. At that time, the development corporation were Pernish Gilbride, and they were my landlords, and they, they, it was really against the terms of the lease. So I asked them for a, a, a commercial pre- alternative commercial premises yeah, that, yeah. That, that would suit, suit uh-huh. my needs, uh, perhaps in the outskirts of Scobride. But um, that was a long struggle because eventually I got a letter from them saying that I no longer fulfilled the criteria. And just at that time, they were letting in, they just opened up uh, the ex-bus garage down at Nerson and let parks into that's a major development. And on the other side, East Kilbride and the Eaglesome Road side, they had let uh, various other people, uh, Arnold Clark and, right. and around about EK at the time all, all came along. So it, it felt like a wee bit of conspiracy to yeah, keep yeah, yeah. one local one-man band down. And that's a fact. Uh-huh. That's, an actual, that's a fact. And then sort of moved out to Jackton. And the reason we were out at Jackton was because after moving from a commercial premises to we had moved to a, a short stay place over at over at Nursing, which is now a nursing home, um, there was no way that the development corporation were going to accommodate me uh, as what they nicknamed it, the dirty trades. And <laughs> uh, the alternative, the only alternative was the the place I'm in at the moment and have been for the past 20 odd years 
was uh, was at Jackton, uh, a yep. local guy there. He was a a clothes sort of wholesaler. Uh-huh. And he had some extra space available, and I was able to able to rent that fit in there. Yeah. Okay, um, and then the taxis came along. You you run a, a couple of, of the, the hire cabs. The, uh, the taxis were basically an investment process f- from the beginning because I felt that the, the business and the motor trade at that time, as I can understood it, wouldn't support a commercial anyway. I'm moving forward to support itself to pay a commercial rate. Mm-hmm. It, at the cost of where at the time yep. there's been rate review, rates reviewed yeah, since and, you know, things are different now and I felt that if the, 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 the taxis were designed as, a, as an investment because of the value of the licences and any income that they brought in was to hedge and protect the garage business yes. at, at the time but uh-huh. since subsequently because of uh, mobile phones and market conditions etc the, 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 the investment and the taxi business is, is just more or less meeting itself. It's not right, just washing you know, its face. Uh, it's and so you think that the the advent of the mobile phone and, and everybody carries a mobile phone these days. That before that, the the taxi business was successful yes. because you had to to phone you up to to. Well, I'm, I'm we we are uh, part of the. T- TOA, right. but the reason that... Oh, so you can pick up from the streets? Yes, we, we, we are, right. we are, we are they're called, there's differential in the, in the, the tax hire business is, is twofold. One is um, a general hire and a private hire. Right. That's why the mobile phone has such an impact. A general hire, uh, you had to, you, you could hire in the street or you could phone. Yes. But now everyone, because they've got mobile phones, just lifts the phone and they can, they can have a a choice of a private hire or a and, and I guess not only that, but also the disrupting influence of Uber. I mean, th- that is... Yeah. Uber hasn't really had an impact in South Lanarkshire so far. No. Because Uber, ultimately, the drivers have all got to register with the council or local authority. Right. And it's really down to that area to decide whether they want and deal with individuals or associations. Right, um, and so he, so South Lancashire then are dealing with associations yeah, rather than the individuals. Whether it be Kelvin Cabs or, or the Eastbrook TOA okay. or Hamilton TOA or, or, or whoever, right? And, and that way they, they, they only deal they'll deal with like an office who's dealing with you know all their drivers. Mm-hmm. Whereas the Glasgow Council, I think, have let Uber in, and they're perfectly prepared to, to license the taxi. Uh, and deal with them on an on a individual application. Individual. Uh-huh. That's, that's a bit long Interesting, story, interesting. Um, okay, so you went down the taxi route to hedge against the the, the garage. Yes. The, the advent of the mobile phone, taxis aren't uh, as lucrative as they once were. Not in East Brain. And then, was that the reason why you decided, you know what, property or was it the fact that you didn't have a pension in place and you thought that property was was the next way why, why did you decide to get into property without a uh, property i think providing it's 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 bought properly mm-hmm. you live in a or you buy up buy a place that you would live in yourself so first of all you're buying something that you can sell yes readily you're not buying something that that's going to ultimately give you problems. Of uh-huh. course, every, everyone has its price, of course. The, the reason for the investment, yet yeah, is moving forward 
towards the pension side of it, towards yeah. an income, yep. a, a, a steady income. The amount of uh, input is relatively low compared to the taxi business. So when you're saying input, the actual sort of day-to-day requirement for you to be hands-on in dealing with the tenants is obviously a lot less than yes, the taxi do, side of things. Yes, we deal, we deal through, through an agent who takes the kind of the worst of that away. They collect the money, they make sure that you know, obviously the rent's paid, mm. and the legalities of it. And you didn't want to do with. that yourself because no. it, we deal with a lot of, from my perspective in, in the law and also doing the the mortgages, we come across those who do what you're doing um, and get your agent involved and do everything, and then there's those who decide to do it yourself. What was the reason for doing the management side of things? The reason for taking the management on is is really to protect us. You've got got experts there in their fields. We've had basically our fingers burnt a couple of times where we've had We've taken personal choices and uh, taken a gamble on, you know, on individual tenants and the, the tenant. Yep, and yep. it's turned out to be horribly, horribly wrong, uh-huh. and it, it just ends up a mess. Whereas the checks uh, uh, and reference procedures uh, that the agents have in place tend, in my estimation, and up to now, is really strict. Tend to keep these people away. They don't even come near. Yes, you know, they don't come near the agents because they'll not get past them. Because I think that if you're a clever tenant and you've maybe had a bit of a ropey past, you're not going to go to somebody who's uh, decided to manage out the property and get a management company to do that because they know they'll fail at the first hurdle with mm-hmm. regards to the references. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's nothing worse than having a bad tenant. I think that if you you're in the the landlord game or you've got flats, you will come across some horrendous situations. Mm-hmm. What's been the worst that you've faced? Uh, right, okay, we've got, the, the worst one was where one of the residents actually set fire to the property. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> set fire to the property? Um, was he cold? <laughs> I think he was mentally ill. What actually happened was the alarm, the shout went up, and we got the call uh, that from the resident himself to say that um, the the flat of torsion, please. Now, so that was good of him to call. (laughs) (laughs) This was the following morning. All right. Okay. Right. So uh, we went 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 to the property. Uh, the first thing I did notice was that uh, obviously the fire had been extinguished. The fire brigade. One of the neighbours' fire alarms had went off. The smoke alarm had. Right. Off, okay. And that he, the neighbour had alerted the fire brigade, and they had arrived and, and they put the front door in. And uh-huh. put the, well, luckily, just a small fire. They put that. But one of the first things I did notice when I arrived at the property was that the bolt for the for the door on the, on the flat was had been locked so it's like a snib in your bathroom door yes and when the fire brigade had put the door in the small st- uh, stay that the bolt was into uh-huh. was off so that told me that There's somebody trouble. had been in the flat yeah yeah and the fire was burning but according to the resident they had been out right so and further interviewing the, the resident the flat um we noticed that he had scratch marks on mm, his, his wrist. Telltale, uh-huh. So 
Um, it's not good. I think what had actually happened was it set fire to the flat and and it more or less what they call jeeped out the window and he, he'd scratched all his. Oh right. So he's tried to he's get one it. story up. Uh-huh. He, he'd survived that, Jeez and that's man. why the boat was still across and there was nobody in the flat when right. the fire brigade had put the door Bloody in. Bloody hell. So he had it. He had did it. Yeah, <laughs> and and that was a tenant that you chose because because sometimes I I mean I've been in situations where you've had people turning up looking to take your flat and they give you the say, sob story about you know what the, and and you know, I I think from my personal point of view I want to try and help people mm-hmm. um, but for goodness sake these people have got to help themselves. You know, if, if you're if you're prepared to take a bit of a risk on somebody, mm-hmm. um, you know what you're hoping is that you know they'll be decent decent tenants, and it only takes a couple of those bad mm-hmm. tenants mm-hmm. that you think, well, no, nah, I'm not going to do that, which mm-hmm. is a terrible thing. And and sometimes I think that that's, you know, you want to try and mm-hmm. and and give people a bit of a helping hand, but if they're not prepared to help themselves, then. You, you're going to end up changing your mentality, which is a terrible, yeah. terrible thing. Yeah. Well, I think you've got to, got to take the emotion out of it a wee bit. Yeah. Um, although it is but ultimately a it's a business, isn't it for you? Yeah. Of uh, investment and return, uh, you, you've really got to take the emotion out of it. And mm-hmm. I think that maybe just as well as protecting you, and if the criteria is right and they're 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 allowed in, it protects them as well. Yeah. But yeah. They've got to. Everybody's got to find their own level. There's somewhere for everyone, but it might not be. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I've got, I've got my my flats are in the West End, and generally I'll I'll rent them out to students and and people, colleagues of mine ask me, so what the hell are you renting them out to students? And I very much take the view that a student, rather than somebody who's employed or unemployed, has probably got more to lose in that if they don't pay the rent then they'll, they'll certainly have some parents who will be guarantoring and mm-hmm. who will be appalled that their son mm-hmm. or daughter, we, Jimmy or Sally, uh-huh. um, has not paid the rent. Uh, and, and if they trash the place or, or wreck the place, then again you've got the guarantor there. And, and ultimately I guess you could go to the university and, uh, and give them uh-huh. hell uh-huh. so that that might jeopardise their degree and mm-hmm. as soon as you start saying that to the tenants then uh, you know I think they've got more to lose in mm-hmm. many respects whereas if you've got a DSS or somebody who's employed then you know they might just flip and just do a runner but they're up to all sorts of wheezes I remember I had one guy and uh, he wanted to pay the rent and in retrospect I should have taken this but he wanted to pay the six months rent up front and yes. uh, I said, no, 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 we'll just do it on a monthly basis. So first month was fine, second month was okay. And then the third month he said that he had put the money into a wrong account. He had said that he had transposed one of the account numbers. Now I'm thinking to myself, how's he got it right the first two times? Yes, because then set up as a yeah, template. Yeah, and, 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 and yes, then he's got it wrong the second. Mm-hmm. And so this went on and on and on until he stopped, ret- and you know the problems because they stop returning the calls, they're not calling you, mm-hmm. when you're going round, nobody's ever in, um, and it was a devil of a job, mm-hmm. devil of a job. I've never, thank goodness, touch wood and all that, ever had to go down the legal route and get somebody mm-hmm. evicted. I mean, generally mm-hmm. speaking, they've decided 
to Slender Hook before we get to that. Have you mm-hmm. come across that? Have you ever had a situation no. where you've had to, to get the long arm of the law? No, Jonathan. No, <laughs> 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 well, I can't say I have. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you hear some stories, and, and obviously being... Uh, in the legals and, and, and what have you, you hear some horror stories. I, I hold, heard one story about some, and this is probably hypocritical, that he, he went, the, the guy hadn't paid his rent for months or something, and uh, he was just completely blase about the whole thing until the landlord turned up and he was having a bath, the tenant, and the landlord came in and it was it's quite a, a cold flat. It just so happened that the, the tenant was having a bath and he had a, a, a a bar heater, of course, um, uh, uh-huh. heating um, him in, in the uh, in the bathroom, yes. and of course the landlord picked up the bar heater and threatened to throw it into the bath. <laughs> it was like someone out of Bond. <laughs> Needless to say, I think either he uh-huh. paid his rent very soon after that, uh-huh. or he ended up uh, leaving the property. Uh-huh. I know there's always an arrangement at the end of the day that, that comes to fruition. Yes, um, yeah. never had to uh, legally. Push somebody yeah, out. yeah, because they know the writings of the game and that yeah. on the wall rather. And I, I guess yeah. that the, the the tenants, a lot of the tenants who aren't paying their their rent and are are, are serial um, non payers, uh, all they'll be looking to do is to try and extricate their way out of the the situation uh, with paying as less money as possible mm-hmm. to you. And that's going back to. Um, getting the thing managed, you shouldn't be in a situation where you're trusting the management of the property to a company, mm-hmm. and that's one of the. I guess that's one mm-hmm. of the main reasons why you've decided well, to do there, that. There will be serial non-payers out there who will prey on the private landlord whose granny's passed away or parents have passed away. And yeah, I'll just rent that. I'll get three, four hundred pound a month for that, uh-huh. not knowing, you know. You know, you really need to watch what you're doing. Be careful who you're renting to. And of course, there's all the safety certificates oh, and things, and yep. smoke alarms. Yep. Uh, all these standards have all got to be mm. kept. I mean, at the moment, we're looking at uh, gas safety. Mm-hmm. Um, you're looking. Uh, you've got to have your energy performance certificate. Um, you've got to have your smoke detectors mm-hmm. hardwired. Um, you've now got uh, the the shower needs to be checked. Um, yes, yes, that's the latest. And, I think that's the latest and then I'm. electrical safety certificates. And now there's going to be a change in the tenancy legislation. Oh. So, you know, if you are a one-man band who is just renting the property out, it now seems absolutely crazy not to entrust that to a firm mm-hmm. of a management firm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there's so many of them about there. Um, and the good thing is, obviously, in the, in the next wee while, they're all going to have to be regulated because they're all going to have to start sitting exams in order yes. to say, listen, I'm a letting agent, and if you mm-hmm. call yourself a letting agent and trade as a letting agent, then you've got to have your appropriate badges. So how did you choose your managing agent? Was that a recommendation? Uh, it was really my wife that did that. I don't know what the, what the story behind that was and how she arrived at that. Yeah. Um, I expect she just made a, probably a few phone calls uh-huh. at the time. Um, probably that would be years ago. That decision would have been yeah, taken. Yeah, yeah. And they're all now under uh, under management. Uh huh. Okay. Yes. Uh-huh. Okay. Good. Good. Um, and you're looking. What, what's the, the the move forward then? Are you looking to try and grow that portfolio? Or are you looking to try and add to that? In a word, yes. Yep. We're probably. M- 
moving forward, looking at kind of retirement, a weekly uh, uh, drip feed income in yeah. addition to, to any pensions yep. that are there. Yep. Um, just just to keep the the income coming. Uh-huh. That, that's that's a long term view. Uh, limitations to that, just in reflection of maybe what's happened with the tax. You know, we have to be aware of things like rises in interest rates, where the money might be better in the bank. Yeah. And to be aware that there will be a point where it may not be worth keeping that as an investment. And yep. The trip yep. will be to move it, you know, from one to the other and not be stuck. And and that's going back then to buying the right property because ultimately, at the end of the day, it's an asset that is giving you a good yield uh, and an income coming in. But ultimately, there will come a point where you're going to have to mm-hmm. cash in your chips, mm-hmm. and you have to have bought sensibly in the right location, mm-hmm. and that's absolutely crucial. Yes, yes, better the right thing, the right location, and obviously the wrong thing, the wrong location. But it all hinges in price. You could buy something that derive a rental income. As long as you didn't pay very much for it for a very long time and just sell it for perhaps less than you paid for it. Yeah. I mean, if you've rented it out for 10 years and derived a decent income from it, sell it, all, all expenses paid maybe for a £1,000 less than you paid for it, that's mm-hmm. still a good, a good income. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So you're talking there about retirement, you're talking about um, flats and, and, and getting a, an income there. The, the garage side of things, are you going to take your, your foot off the, the pedal, so to speak? I'm not really very sure. Uh, things have been in, in, in turmoil the past few years in reflection of the, the, the development. Well, we, we moved out to Jack 21 years ago. Yeah. It's an absolute backwater in the middle uh-huh. of nowhere. It was just fields. It just, just fields, cows, sheep, and any custom that I had was all you know, enticed out from East Kilbride and it's been very, very hard work but now the developers are coming along and they're building all around about us. So you've got Stuart Milne there, is it Calla as well? Stuart Milne, Calla, um, Wimpy are building up the top so it's it's, it's all going, it's all change. Uh Um, Providing our our, our tenure, tenancy safe, um, possibly find myself more and more I think about it in a niche area yep. you know uh, and that, that that will be an advantage whether I either retire into the business or it becomes sellable simply because uh-huh. it's the only one in the area and they've got all these thousands of houses all yep. about yep. it providing there's no competition comes along and I don't think there's any provision being made for that not that I can see from the plans mm-hmm. that, that the builders have so far this process will probably take another 10 to 15 years, but by which time we'll be running about the time I'll be thrown in the yeah. anyway. But um, yeah, certainly and, bring an opportunity. And, and and a future there for the for the garage mechanic, what with electric cars and, and the like, is it a dying industry or is it I, something that you will just have to evolve as the disruptors come in, you'll just have to evolve and, and move on to do different things? I, I, yes, I, uh, adapt. To the, to the new conditions. My estimation is if electric vehicles come and, and they come to stay, as long as the economics stack up for the manufacturing, right now they cost, a decent electric car will cost you 100 grand or, or whatever, you know, top yeah, of the range yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Nothing to 64 seconds, etc. You know, w- once we start to get to the, the economies of scale, 
then the prices of these vehicles will, will va- drop vastly. Uh-huh. Uh, and we'll do away with the, the, the old combustion engine, no spark plugs, no air filters, no air filters, yep. nothing like that. So basically it'll boil down to an electric motor probably doesn't take a lot of maintenance uh-huh. you might have some brake work off it and uh, you'll certainly get MOTs out it and you'll get tyres but yeah adaptability yeah. will be the key at that point uh-huh. whether there'll be enough to keep a wee place like that going mm-hmm. simply by wiping out the internal combustion engine but nobody really knows yet yeah. but a lot of these factors I think the, could be wrong I think Volvo said they're going completely to building electric cars Volvo, my Volvo, an electric car. <laughs> I'll still be, I'll still be keeping you in business only with my <laughs> Volvo. Don't you worry about that. <laughs> You'll be hanging on to all these old vintage. Maybe, maybe we could become a vintage car specialist at well, some time or another. And that, yeah. that, the, old, the old combustion engine that that will keep us going forever. Yeah. And but, but well before that, um, when we do our BNI thing. Um, we all stand up and do our 60 seconds and we're all looking for referrals within the group and, and your big thing is, is fleets that's mm-hmm. what you're, you sort of specialise in and, and if there's anybody who's got a fleet of vans or a mm-hmm. fleet of cars then that's really something that, that you want to specialise Yes, we, we do have uh, some uh, a couple of customers with, with small fleets yep. but we, we like to because they're commercial, they're VAT registered, and they're, they're more service driven, which we are at the end of the day, we look forward to that yep. kind of aspect of it. Um, we're quite sure we can satisfy their, their needs, yes, but that, that's what we're looking that's for. That's what you're looking for, okay. And and you've been trying to speak with Gary Gary Thompson at, at Clyde, Clyde mm-hmm. Property, who, yes. who I know, so we'll see if we can put you, uh-huh. um, have a chat with, with them, and uh, obviously if there's anybody else out there who uh, knows of or has a fleet of vans or cars then um, Finlay, uh, Finlay's garage at Jackton, he's, he's your man so there's a little plug there for you Finlay, thank you very much excellent, excellent, well listen um, it's Fair Friday, uh, most of Glasgow is either not working or is having a half day, um, I've got to get back to the office so just before we go and, and walk you to the exit Finley, we've got our usual 10 questions, mm-hmm. um, quick fire questions, all about firsts. Okay, mm-hmm. so first house? Uh, first house was uh, in the area of St Leonard's and East Kilbride, a terraced house in, in Glen Line, a red brick one recently. Yeah. Remember what you paid for it? Uh, good question, it was about 74000 Okay. Um, first solicitor? I think it was no, I can't remember. Some can't remember. guy in Motherwell. Right. I can't okay. First choice of self catering. Uh, self catering. Mm, no, I can't. No, I can't, no, you're on the first choice. Ago. Here's one you'll know. First car. Well, the first car I ever got was a Fiat One Two Eight. Is that one of the bubble cars? No. I had one of them as well. That Did was you? a One Two Six. Yeah. Right. A Fiat One Two Eight, uh, which incidentally was. I reckon one of the most advanced design cars for its time. Right. Uh, up to then we had the BMC, British Leyland Mini type stuff. Well, this was a front wheel drive car with, with its separate gearbox on the side and loads and loads of modern technology. Oh, I had cam engine. Um, 
absolute way, way years and years ahead of its time. In fact, I think actually the Mark One Golf was based on it. I think the, the Germans got a hold of it and stripped it down and ultimately made a better job at it. Yeah. You know, building a better shell and a better, uh, better engine. But yeah, I, that was that was a. I feel I feel we could be going down a rabbit hole there. You can clearly understand that we're talking to a mechanic here. I tell you what, if you've ever spoken at a have at length with with Finley, he just absolutely besotted with cars. He's just anything about cars. He just he just loves it. He is the master, the master of of the combustion engine. Listen, first blood or ramble. Uh. Rambo. Do you? Bit, that that uh, question should have been first blood or Rocky, actually. Uh, no, no. Uh, oh, well, I don't know. Rocky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rocky fan. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, first director, High Street, that's all about banks. Would you go, would you rather bank on the High Street or bank online? Uh, oh, it's a 50 50 now. Uh, to be honest, I don't trust the banks at all. Uh, oh, <laughs> a bank online. Okay. I like to do first it. job. First job, as I said earlier, I was working in a wee uh, microphone processor as a technician. Right. In a youth opportunities program, way back in Maggie Maggie Snatcher's day, as I called it. <laughs> and that was that was it. Next one is first bus or taxi, but that's probably a. First bus, bus i.e., would you take the bus or would you hire a taxi? Uh, a no brainer, surely. <laughs> I'd take a taxi, obviously. <laughs> first film? Um, first film? Oh, God. Chitty, chitty, bang, bang. Well, cars again. <laughs> you cannot get away from the cars. <laughs> cannot. Brilliant. It's a great film. The Child Snatcher just oh, still scary. puts the scares. Oh, uh-huh. man. <laughs> we had um, Craig McCall talking about films and his first film. It was Jaws. I mean, uh-huh. goodness gracious, what kind of films that to take your kids to your first film? But Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, that's mm-hmm. great. What's mm-hmm. the best scene in that? Um, I think it's the bits I can remember are, uh, well, the Kitty Cats is scary, but this is the old guy that lived in the toilet shed. Oh, yes, uh-huh. <laughs> and the thing took off. Uh-huh. And he had the handlebar oh, moustache. Like that's grand- right. He's a grandfather. Yeah, that's it. Good. Was that Dick Van Dyke? Was he in that? No. Yes, he was, was in he? it, but he was the main player, I think. Yeah, yeah. But the old guy was some was an older actor from the kind of war. He'd been in war films and yeah, stuff yeah, like that. I think yeah. that guy. Yeah, I remember that. Because then did he not have this suit? He had the army suit oh, yeah, or something? Yeah, he had the African sort of... Yeah, the, the pillbox or, or yeah, uh, the red and white. Yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. For the Boer War type oh, uniform. Oh, I'll have to get that out, I'll have to get that out. <laughs> and lastly... The first car that you fixed. Uh-huh. Can you remember what the first car was that you fixed? Um, yes, I can. It was a Nissan. I think it was a Nissan Cherry. It was the first one. One of my neighbours, Nissan Cherries. And it right. Was a, what was wrong with it? Can you remember? Yes, it was uh, one of the rear uh, suspension arms. We changed on it. Uh, they were forever corroding and these yep. things. Yeah. The death and all of it. But the, the gentleman who owned the car worked in the Rolls Royce, and I took the, the suspension arm off. And he took it into his work, and they, they made another one. Right. And the Rolls Royce, and I fitted it, and brought, he brought it back, I fitted it back on. Brilliant. Finley, <laughs> it's been fantastic. It's only fitting that we started with cars and finished with cars. <laughs> it's Finley's garage at Jackton. If you're needing your car fixed, go and speak to Finley. <laughs> I'm your Do you know why I like Finley? Because he's honest. 
And I tell you what, if you can get a mechanic who tells us as it is and gives the, the service that Finley gives, I tell you what, I've yet to meet that mechanic because I don't think there's another mechanic out there who's as good as Finlay McLean. I can't say higher than that. I've used him. I know pals of mine that have used him and he's just absolutely top notch. So if you've got a beaten up old car, in fact, if you've got any vehicle, he'd be more than happy to help you with the servicing. I said just before we put the interview on that I was going to give you a little bit about my education slot. As you know that I'm the educational convener and I have to stand up every Friday and give a talk about some educational aspect of the uh, business network. And sometimes it's a bit of, um, it's a bit difficult to come up with uh, new topics. And I have to say hand on heart, I do delve into YouTube and get a huge amount of assistance from all the videos, etc., that are, are out there. And what I'm doing at the moment with uh, the guys in the networking group is just taking them through aspects of risk. Because as I said before, you've got to be able to take risks. They've got to be sensible risks in order to move your career forward yourself as an individual forward but sometimes it's difficult to take risks but if you don't take risks then you're going to become complacent and that's no place to be if you're wanting to keep moving forward with your career so as i say brendan bruchard um, i've taken this from his videos he's identified three um, ways in which you can take risk and the first one is to be different to be different so what he's saying is and, and this is um, putting this in a sort of context where with BNI we're having to give uh, talks and speeches on uh, a weekly basis that what you want to try and be is something that is different because there is a phrase within the BNI that says to be remembered you need to be recalled in order to be referred. And with so many people standing up and just talking from a prepared speech without using any props, then it's very difficult to remember a lot of these talks. And that's where being different is so important. When I started this podcast, I was a solicitor, still doing the legals, but now predominantly doing the mortgage side of things. And when I started the podcast, nobody else was doing a podcast. Nobody was doing a podcast that centred around property and finance in the Scottish market. I was different. I took a risk. And I'm not saying that it's paying off with, you know, tens of thousands of downloads. But I tell you what, we're getting some traction we're getting some clients who are contacting me, wanting some advice. We're even thinking about putting together some sort of mentoring group. I've become more confident as far as my public speaking is concerned. And that's all down to taking a chance with this podcast. It's all down to taking a risk by being different. 
So why don't you have a think about that? As I say, I'm going to talk in the next three episodes about taking risk. And the first one is being different. Have a look at your life. Have a look at your job. Have a look at your career, your business. How can you be different? Stand out from the crowd. Watch your USP. Work on that. Think of something that will allow you to stand out and be different. Yes, you'll be taking a, a risk. And whilst not all risks are rewarded, I tell you what's not rewarded is stagnation. So next week we've got Robert Nixon on. Robert Nixon, we've got another interview with him. I'm just actually back from Spears Parney where he works as the director of lettings. We've got him on next week. Again, fantastic interview there with Robert. He'll be on next week. If you want to be on, then get in touch with me through the usual channels. We've got the podcast. We've got Facebook. We've got the website. Catch me on LinkedIn under Jonathan Williams. Facebook, just type in the Bricks and Mortar Podcast. And for the website, it's dub 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 the Bricks and Mortar Podcast. Robert said that he was pretty concerned in doing the interview, but it's not an interrogation. And I tell you what, that may be something that's a bit different. Get you out there onto social media and see if you can't increase your exposure by doing the podcast. So get in touch. You've been listening. Bricks and Mortar podcast. Taking a sideways look at property.